0: How are you doing? How's the play pit? Uh, it's good. Yes, the the tyre is now semi-buried. Just the way the Environmental Protection Agency likes them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. That and set alight... Um, yeah. yeah, that's how they best, they're best best disposed of. This is Tom's new sandpit, by the way, a giant tractor tire he got given by a farmer. Yeah, by far. it took four men to get it off the trailer, and
1: once it was up, it was okay because you can roll it, and then we rolled it into the garden, put it down in the wrong place, and then uh, over the long weekend, we just had a public holiday, I had to attempt to lift Said tire
0: and drop it into a hole. <laughs> I dug. Fortunately, you managed to do it with one hand because the four men who delivered the tire were lumpers. <laughs> and the tire is I in fact a, a bicycle tire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They I had actually, no help at all, were they? <laughs>
1: Cause, uh, let's see how practical you are. How practical would you? So, you've got a tire that re, that would require probably. I think you and I at a push would we, be able to lift it. Okay no more than once <laughs> right how would you lift said tire on your
0: own i would have gotten the wheel jack out of my car pushed it up just a little bit more and then slowly uh, wedged in wood underneath it until i could get under and just kind of uh, press push it up onto you know its what, side sir?
1: that's why you and i are going to survive the zombie apocalypse yeah
0: that's exactly how i
1: did it except with breeze blocks uh, so I just I jacked it up bit by bit moved some breeze blocks then jacked it up on the other side put some breeze blocks in and just kept going back and forth until it was about waist height and then my wife and I lifted it and I'll be perfectly honest with you I was incredibly impressed by my
0: wife <laughs> <laughs> she's got strong shoulders built like an ox yeah yeah <laughs> strong glutes <laughs> like a Mongolian I, wrestler I was about to say like a Jamaican sprinter <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to That Was Genius, the little history podcast in which two practically minded, heroically strong, zombie apocalypse surviving tyre lifting men, one of whom has lifted a tyre and one of whom has only lifted it theoretically, uh, but feels all the more stronger in his mind for it, discuss history stories on a theme each week. We decide the theme the week in advance or two weeks in advance, but everything else that happens is a bit of a surprise. And what is our topic this week, Tom? The topic is hobbies it is hobbies, ho- hobbies, hobbies hobbies yes last week was a patron exclusive that was lies this week it's hobbies no that was true it was a patron exclusive it was and it was about lies or was it are we lying that's for another episode that's for a past episode only the patrons will know and if you want to find out the truth yeah sign up that was genius for a link or patreon.com slash that was genius get three free songs as well what a treat oh and they're good cr- they're good aren't they that's yeah. a, that's
1: like a third of an
0: album, yes. Or it a quarter is. of a particularly good album, e- e- yes. Or a whole EP, if you will. Yeah. I mean, this podcast is a hobby, isn't it? Really? It's <laughs> not making fuck all money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're certainly not doing it for the cash monies. <laughs> that
1: said, that was that did sound incredibly um, ungrateful to the to the twenty one people who at this point of recording have signed up. We are very thankful for them. That's very, very kind we of We are, yes. For signing up. Yeah, on the subject of hobbies, and this is absolutely genuine, I've struggled a little bit with hay fever. And that's not a hobby, but gardening is. And I'm going to get onto the gardening. Um, I've been struggling with hay fever. And so I started taking loratadine. And oh my God, has it affected my dreams. I'm having some really weird nights. I've actually stopped taking it because of the, some of the strange dreams I had. And here's <laughs> one for you. Okay, <laughs> this on. is a genuine dream I had. One morning I woke up and I'd been dreaming about Monty Don um, in his posh care home in
0: Bournemouth. We went to visit him, you see, in this Monty dream. Don, by the way, host of Gardener's World, a British TV icon that's older than time. Oh.
1: <laughs> Britain's favourite gardener, as he likes to remind us on innumerable occasions. <laughs> yes. And um, so, together with Monty Don, we went on a walk over a bridge to the bottom of Bournemouth High Street that was buzzing with people visiting innumerable penny arcades and shitty tat shops. Um, we then, later on in the day, took a, a bus tour to the red brick Norman Castle that sits on the Sugarloaf overlooking Southampton. A really fucking trippy dream. <laughs> really weird. <laughs> that was a genuine dream. Nice. Um, yeah so I, I didn't come out of it with any Beatles albums but I was having some really weird dreams
0: well maybe we can make an episode on uh, on dreams maybe that should be our topic next week have we not done dreams yet? no we haven't that is a good one Right, that is actually a good one we'll do dreams,
1: dreams next week that unfortunately Sam is going to mean you're going to have to leave in that slightly weird anecdote
0: uh, I can edit it down to less than four minutes <laughs> so how have you found this week Tom? <laughs> yeah good I'm quite pleased with what I've achieved this week I committed
1: to something archaeological, because, you know, lots of hobby archaeologists. There are. Um, I started with metal detecting, but I I sort of didn't find as much as I wanted with that, and then I expanded my horizons um, just slightly to allow me to do a very inspired, silly thing, which we'll come on to.
0: Good. How about you? Well, I I went out with delusions of grandeur that I was going to find something, not academic, but something a a little bit out there. But then uh, I didn't. I just came back to where I was inevitably always going to end up, which is an old English eccentric, and I've stuck with him. But I think he's probably one of the weirdest people we've ever talked about on this podcast, and I'm very much looking forward to talking about him. I I did briefly look at the hobbies of dictators and despots. For example, did you know that Saddam Hussein wrote Bad Erotica? As did Benito Mussolini. Wow. And Stalin... Did they exchange it? (laughs) <laughs> Slightly different time periods. I don't There's think no there was overlap. I don't think there was much no? in the way of overlap between Saddam Hussein and Benito Mussolini. There wasn't no. like
1: a Michael Johnson, LeBron James sort of. I don't know. Once played in a warm up match together.
0: I don't no? think so. I think if I think in the movie they'd have to splice together scenes from uh, previous elements of the franchise, like they do with a Star Wars, bit like that famous picture of Churchill and Stalin. Yes. Well, speaking of Stalin, he had a very nice hobby, which uh, which I think you'll Leading enjoy Mussolini's erotica. He collected, well, <laughs> he collected well, Mussolini's books. Well, Tom, Stalin collected drawings of male nudes, uh, not females, only males, and he would <laughs> he'd collected these artistic drawings of male nudes, and he would annotate them by drawing rude annotations and doodles on them. (laughs) He would, like, draw cartoon knobs over the well-written knobs, well-drawn knobs. How strange. Yes, and he would also put eulogies to, uh, quote-unquote, friends who'd been executed. (laughs) Eulogies? Sorry I had to execute (laughs) you. Right. Um, Apparently, Tom, right, here's here's a quote from Stalin himself on a sketch of a man reaching for his genitals. Stalin wrote, You need to work, not wank. Time for (laughs) re-education. (laughs) <laughs> on a sketch of a man standing in front of a reclining woman he wrote it, idiot you've completely forgotten what to do <laughs> he wrote it that did he yeah he wrote that in the <laughs> he wrote it that sam uh, did i say that no, whatever. He said wrote it. <laughs> fine <laughs> we're laughing at Stalin, not me focus tom focus he collected them. He doodled in them. Occasionally, yeah, he'd write eulogies to dead friends, saying, uh, you ginger ba-. One of them, I can't find the quote now. Said, "You ginger bastard, you'd still be here if you weren't such an airhead." <laughs> Crikey, brutal. Yeah. All right, who's going
1: first? I want to go first this week. Oh, I wanted to go first. Oh, there's only one way
0: of settling this. Flip something. Oh Christ. <laughs> okay. Right, what evidence have we got of our hobbies in front of train us? Train set. Flip your train set, Sam. <laughs> I've got, I've got a receipt for a, a train-related eBay purchase. Oh, what is the eBay purchase? Um, oh, so it's, a, uh, it's a selection of trees. Oh, just beside the bridge. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> it's slightly less geeky than it actually is. <laughs> Come on, what is it? Uh, it's, it's a microchip so that you can control your train from a computer.
1: Nice. So you yeah. can actually have it running upstairs. You don't even have to be there watching it. No, it's all, on, wi- it's all on
0: Wi-Fi. <laughs> you
1: just turn it on, and there you go. And it's I can turn it, it and on, and I
0: can fuck off to the shops.
1: <laughs> Multitasking, <laughs> you can sit and Tom. can watch
0: telly. <laughs> now that's hobbies. <laughs> Brilliant. So, do you want the side that has the price, which I will not be specifying on air, because my wife listens to this podcast? Or do you <laughs> want... The- <laughs> Or do you want the blank All side? All my
1: earnings from the last 18 months have been spent on this microchip. Ah, um, I will jokes have the writing you, side. I'm a
0: podcast producer. That's zero. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have the writing side. Okay. Flipping it now. Oh, uh, it's blank side up, Tom. Well, you go first then. I'm going first. Get in. Right. Pop, <laughs> pop that away somewhere it will never be accidentally found. Okay. <laughs> Today, up Tom. <laughs> oh no, it'll be found way too easily there. Who <laughs> oh, <bye. laughs> Turns out my proctologist is uh, also a subscriber to Railway Modeler magazine. <laughs> <laughs> Open the tunnel wide, here comes the train. <laughs> <laughs> the well lubricated train. Uh, <laughs> Open up! <laughs> All aboard the Endoscopy Say, Express. Ah. <laughs> Yes. Do not alight for the next five minutes. (laughs) We're departing from platform nine and three quarters inches up your small intestine. (laughs) Well, Tom. (laughs) Today, Tom, as I've alluded, I have found quite the character for you. This is a classic English eccentric with a penchant for training inappropriate animals for inappropriate tasks. (laughs) So come with me, Tom, on an adventure featuring hunting pigs King George the Third and an odd obsession with coffins Dude, this is going to be a funny episode it's going to I'm be get- a great episode <laughs> this is going to be a very surreal episode as we meet James Jemmy Hurst And I've actually got a source today, Tom. It's a a secondary source, but it's a source nonetheless. Look at me go like a proper historian. It's a book entitled Yorkshire Oddities, Incidents and Strange Events by Sabine Baring Gould, which was first published in the 1880s, which is around 50 years after Jemmy's death. It is a really, really fun, funny book, and it's available online for free.
1: Does that have a chapter about the mad... uh, What's his name that I did in a previous episode? Yes, I think it does. Yes I reckon I did I reckon I went to the same book
0: yeah I recognized it, the name I think you did I seen it rung a vague bell when when I found it yeah yeah it's a very was good it, book was it on Gutenberg I got it off that's nice to know Where did you find the book <laughs> <laughs> whilst I was speaking to you <laughs> uh, no I've actually it's on wikisource it might be other places as well okay. but it is on wikisource okay. so yes anyway. Jemmy Hurst he was born to a wealthy farming family in 1738 in Yorkshire and from a pretty early age James Jemmy was obsessed with animals at school he kept a pet jackdaw which is a kind of crow as well as a house trained pet hedgehog who would follow him around and apparently obey his every command (laughs) I was researching this last night were you
1: yeah, pet hedgehogs. Apparently, it's not a good idea. You can miniature hedgehogs were all the rage a couple of years ago, but they are actually wild. Just in case any of our listeners were thinking of doing so. Good to know.
0: This episode sponsored by the RSPCH. Jimmy's <laughs> <laughs> parents hoped he'd end up in the priesthood. They mistook his mischievousness from an early age as <laughs> intelligence, but it turns out he was Even just done, a bit of a yeah. <laughs> he was just a bit of a dick. <laughs> and pretty quickly got booted out of school for his constant pranks. Now, originally, I was go- I wrote a joke, I was going to tell a joke here about the hedgehog hiding in the teacher's chair to spike him up the bum and the crow stealing his glasses. Right. And then I found out that, in fact, he did steal the glass out of the principal's spectacles so that his finger went right through them when he tried to clean them. He did. <laughs> He did hide a needle in the teacher's chair so that when he sat down it spiked him in the bum. He also stole a schoolmaster's pet pig and rode it around the yard like a horse. (laughs) Right, and at what point did their parents think this was related to his intelligence? All the time. They were convinced that he was a genius. (laughs) (laughs) I won't lie, Tom. It's a funny story in some respects with what he did to animals. He was also a bit of a dick to animals. At one point he tied the two schools mousing cats' legs together so that they fought viciously and couldn't get apart until someone had to get in and untangle them with the result of quite a lot of blood loss. Right. And he finally got kicked out of school for stealing the headmaster's fishing rod one day, leaning out of his office window and hooking the headmaster's ginger wig off his head during break time. That is funny. (laughs) Reeling it up so that it was just out of reach and then popping the fishing rod into a a flagpole just outside the office.
1: That's, that's, I mean, that is... That's, that is classic Beano. <laughs>
0: that's exactly what I was going to say, Beano stuff. That is Roger the Dodger stuff. That is cracking. Absolutely. This guy was was true Beano. So his parents pretty much gave up trying to get him back into school. He made it perfectly clear to them that he was going to behave this way regardless of where they sent him. So they more or less left him to do his own thing, which was mostly training pigs and cows to be ridden like horses whilst walking around with a hedgehog on a lead... <laughs> Until he eventually became an apprentice leather tanner. Where, (laughs) after noticing his hedgehog curled up on a leather shirt one day, he invented bondage gear, Tom. That's not not true. No, no. no. (laughs) Whilst doing this, he fell in love with the tanner's daughter and the pair were engaged to be married. Unfortunately, this is where it all started to go wrong for poor Jemmy. One day, his girlfriend fell into a river and whilst he rescued her she contracted and died of smallpox shortly afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you told me
1: it was going to be a funny story. Oh uh,
0: yeah, yeah, you knew it was coming. Oh, what a, a punchline. Uh, so, Jemmy, already weak from the river rescue and now also heartbroken, fell into what was called, at the time, a brain fever. It was possibly encephalitis or scarlet fever, which he may have caught from the river whilst uh, trying to rescue his girlfriend. Now, apparently, he did make a full recovery... Other than coming out of the other side, a little mm, loopy. Although you could argue that he'd been a little on beforehand given, you know, the pet hedgehog. (laughs) Yeah, and and riding around on pigs. And riding around on pigs. Yeah. Anyway, he was, by this point, insane. And shortly after his recovery to cheer himself up, he bought himself a pet bull. A massive and Rocky. incredibly aggressive thing called Jupiter, which oh, he de- God, that's a
1: good name for an aggressive
0: bull <laughs> I know, isn't it? What a brilliant name <laughs> which he decided that he would train to ride as his new horse, including teaching it to jump and perform dressage, so kind of walking wow. delicately from side to side. The first time he got on, it did not go well and the bull started kicking and thrashing. quote. Jemmy held fast, and Jupiter, finding he could not thus dislodge his rider, set off, tearing across the paddock towards a thick quickset hedge at the bottom. But instead of leaping it as Jemmy expected, the bull ran against the fence and precipitated his rider over the hedge and into the ditch on the other side. Jemmy was unhurt except for a few scratches and some rents in his garments and patches of mud, and picking himself up, raced after Jupiter, nothing daunted, caught him, remounted him and mastered the beast. After this, wow. he rode Jupiter daily to the great amusement of people generally, especially when he trotted into Snaith on market days on the back of the now docile bull.
1: Brave. You wouldn't mess with him,
0: though, would you? You wouldn't if mess you, with him. He turned up on the back of a bull called Jupiter. Quite the cowboy. <laughs> Quite the Yorkshire cowboy. Just a Yorkshire cowboy. <laughs> Riding over Mars with the pie in my hand and the sun on my back. Yorkshire Cowboy! (laughs) You did well
1: there, you did well there. Thanks. (laughs) I've been desperately trying to work out a way of getting night fever in, but changing the words to brain fever. (laughs) The opportunity didn't arise.
0: Brain fever, brain fever, you've got encephalitis, you've got some swelling on your brain, you've got brain fever, brain
1: fever, you don't know what you're doing. Because you're certifiably insane. As John Travolta writes <laughs> a bull down the street.
0: <laughs> whilst shouting... Camera focusing on the bull's feet. <laughs> whilst John Travolta shouts, Wibble! <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, this where this is going, we're nearly at the point of true insanity. This is going full blackadder pencils up your nose and shouting Wibble madness. <laughs> so... Another hilarious punchline. Pretty soon after this, his dad died. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Never guess what happened after this. (laughs) Because 18th century, sad things happened. And he had literally no interest in the family farm, which he sold, instead investing his cash in corn and potato stocks and making a small fortune in the process. And with cash, Tom, came the freedom to be as fucking mental as he liked, including in his dress sense. Quote, his dress was as extraordinary as his mount, uh, the dupe of the bull, for he wore a broad-brimmed hat of lambskin, fully nine feet in circumference. Nice! <laughs> his waistcoat was like Joseph's coat of many colours, made of patchwork. His breeches were of listings of various colours, plaited together by his housekeeper, and he wore bright yellow boots. So essentially, Tom, Elton John. <laughs> <laughs> So you've got this little man riding around town on an enormous bull wearing a huge furry sombrero and a technicolour dream coat. <laughs> he was also known, Tom, to wear large multicoloured feather boas. Right. And right. <laughs> Liberace-esque. Very, very much so, yes. He was uh, very into hunting, and whilst tearing through the countryside on Jupiter hunting foxes... With his nine-foot hat. With his nine-foot hat <laughs> on... <laughs> and his technicolor dream coat, he would be accompanied by a pack of self-trained hunting pigs. Self-trained, as in the pigs trained themselves. Well, yes, Tom. So you train one of them, and then it just spreads the good news amongst <laughs> it. <laughs> very intelligent animals. Very intelligent You've animals. Guess what I've learned? I've learned how to hunt. You'll love it. Come on, join me. <laughs> that just sounds like a public school boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like half the conservative cabinet. So, yes, he trained a pack of pigs to hunt after seeing that they were, in fact, quite good at following a trail, which is why, obviously, they're used for truffling, which must have been quite the fucking sight over the Yorkshire moors. <coughs> a man with a giant bull surrounded by rabid pigs <laughs> wearing a nine-foot sombrero. <laughs> to be honest with you, Sam,
1: fat pigs trying to chase after a fox sounds a little bit like you, what you and I would look like trying to run a marathon, doesn't yes. it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not really getting... Not really getting any
0: Huff- closer to the finish line.
1: <laughs> Huffing and puffing and
0: trying to hardest, But not really making much progress. No. <laughs> M- much, I imagine, like the fucking bull. <laughs> what an absolute treat for the people of Yorkshire.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and the foxes, for that yeah, matter.
0: Absolutely, yeah. No, in no danger whatsoever. From the Yorkshire cowboy. <laughs> Riding over there in a the fucking giant hat. He's a Yorkshire cowboy. Cowboy <laughs> <laughs> with a posse of pigs <laughs> and a feather wig. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that song—I'm sure we'll revisit that song later. That's the original? Because I—I know the song. It's—I um... it's not Rhinestone Cowboy. It, I, well, it's vaguely Rhinestone Cowboy, but I'm sure I've not got the tune right.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Okay. The, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> I knew of the song, but I couldn't join
1: you because I didn't know the song well enough. But I knew the song you were trying to do.
0: Yeah, I think it is a song about a guy in Yorkshire who thinks he's a cowboy and Yeah, I think that he dresses up yeah. like Elvis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, with hunting pigs. Yeah. <laughs> with Yeah, that's one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Actually, given that he was uh, known as Jemmy Hurst, he could be the Rhinestone Cowboy. The original and best. Yes. Not content with simply riding on Jupiter's back, he then set to train the bull to pull a cart. Now, obviously there's nothing especially unusual here. Bulls and oxen pull carts all over the world, except he built his own cart tom entirely out of wicker in the shape right. of a giant upturned lampshade. <laughs> right. It took him ten months to complete and was styled in the form of a Roman racing chariot. Now, Yorkshire Tom is quite hilly, the cart was very yeah. heavy, and even mighty Jupiter struggled to put it around. Now, Jemmy had a second, arguably less successful hobby, and that was harnessing the power of the wind. So he tried to build several unsuccessful windmills over his... Uh, career as a f- farmer slash corn investor and had also tried at one point to build a set of wings for himself which he tested by leaping from the mast of a tall ship into the humber at low tide getting thoroughly stuck in the mud and, <laughs> and only really being visible by his giant hat <laughs> that was <Much> like to- <laughs> a
1: red bull event doesn't
0: it, it re- yes it does exactly that yeah I'm very much getting the picture of that in most of what he does, to be honest. <laughs> so, yeah, he was stuck in the Humber mud flats at low tide, only visible because of his giant hat, much to the, <laughs> much to, much to the amusement was, of everyone else. <laughs> in his flotation device, Feather Boa. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, yeah, not very good at building windmills, not very good at building wings. But this time, Tom, this time, he was going to master the power of the breeze. And so he stuck. Um, <laughs> So, the power of, of breeze, <laughs> <laughs> a force when I wheeze. <laughs> oh, I can't, I, I carry on, the moment's gone. There was a song, it nearly happened, it didn't happen. So he stuck a massive sail, a ship's sail, onto his carriage to help Jupiter along. This failed dismally to begin with, until one day he got a sailor, you know, someone qualified to work with sails, to help him rig the cart. <laughs> Pretty quickly he caught a good breeze on the way down into Pontefract and began to career towards the town, Jupiter having to pick up a full gallop to avoid being crushed by the cart behind him. <laughs> People saw this enormous wicker landship with a raging terrified bull <laughs> flying into <laughs> puffing coming out of his nose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Smoke and sparks flying off his hooves. <laughs> And he, yeah, he absolutely bombed it down into the town of Pontefract, obviously in Yorkshire, and a and crowd gathered to see what was happening. He pretty quickly lost control as soon as he had to go around any kind of corner and smashed through the window of a dressmaker's shop, completely ruining the shop. He was carried to the nearest pub, bruised and cut, but feeling rather triumphant that his plan had eventually worked, where in celebration he bought everyone drinks to celebrate his successful quote-unquote journey getting the locals absolutely hammered. When he tried to leave the town, he discovered that the magistrate had seized his cart for criminal damage, but the locals nearly rioted before hitching themselves to the cart and pulling him home up the hill, hailing him as a hero. He was, wow. however, given a lifetime ban from the town of Pontefract by the local judge. That started very Bino and it ended very um, Roy of the Rovers. <laughs> It did, yeah. Then being carried aloft, <laughs> carried aloft as a hero by the drunken people of Pontefract. <laughs> yeah. One of his other hobbies was uh, was obviously the, the wind, but among his other animal-related hobbies, some were mm, <laughs> equally bizarre but also quite cruel. He was a fan of otter baiting and once nearly died oh, rest once nearly died wrestling an otter. <laughs> rest- I mean, that's the way you'd want to go, isn't it? I don't, how do you even fucking wrestle an otter? But, but there we go. He dived... he basically, They're slippery things, aren't they? They are. Well, he dived into a, a lake after it, and apparently it fought back. It, it, <laughs> the otter thought, well, I'm having a bit of you. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, you giant hatted twat. <laughs> Usually I'd run away, but a twat with a feather boa... <laughs> yeah. There's one thing I hate. <laughs> well, the, the otter dragged him under. <laughs> he nearly drowned. <laughs> He wasn't a tall man. <laughs> it was nothing to do with a giant hat. No, getting in his <laughs> way or getting tangled in busy. his own feather boa. <laughs> yeah,
1: he was essentially waterboarding
0: himself with <laughs> this giant hat. So, so, yes, he nearly died wrestling wrestling an otter. And he was also a fan of bear baiting. And also, slightly less surprisingly, once nearly died after deciding to hit his pet bear, Nicholas. So he twatted the bear. The bear <laughs> twatted him back. <laughs> And he ended up badly injured in hospital for three bear, weeks. Was the bear called Nicholas? The bear was called Nicholas, yes. Oh, okay.
1: It, it wasn't trying to hit him so hard that his pants fell down.
0: No, 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 it wasn't okay, a Nicholas bear. Right, it wasn't, bear. No, it wasn't okay, a bear with no sense of modesty. Or in fact Winnie the Pooh, who is a Nicholas bear. Y- yes. <laughs> Unlike Paddington. No, who was a he very has a wonderful pair of trousers. Yes, a very wonderfully bepanted bear for our American audience.
1: <laughs> bepanted.
0: But uh, yes, Nicholas was much more like uh, a highly violent Winnie the Pooh. (laughs) (laughs) Winnie the Pooh on bath salts, (laughs) crystal (laughs) meth. As other hobbies, he was a a very charitable man, Tom. He used to blow his hunting horn to invite the poor and starving of the area to high tea. And when they arrived at his... (laughs) Nothing nothing more condescending than treating them like animals. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Right, your food's in the trough. Well, well, Tom, you say the trough, you're not too far wrong. He used to serve them out of his favourite coffin. <laughs> his favourite coffin? Yes. Wow. An empty coffin? Or one that he'd just collected
1: from the local graveyard? <laughs> oh, that's a nice one.
0: If anyone had a, a bit of change to spare, which they probably didn't, given they were answering the call of a hunting horn to come and be served tea and cake out, out of a coffin, coffin. Yeah. for the princely sum of a penny... Those who wished could sit in the very coffin he'd had made for himself, which he kept in his front room and which featured a full living room, windows and carpets. <laughs> nice. It was essentially a Wendy house. Did he sleep in it? No, but he was buried in it. He was buried yeah. in the thing. So he did have his longest sleep in it. He did, yes. Miniature, like miniature
1: rooms. Not yeah, full-sized. yeah,
0: not a full size, you know, no, no, no. Not like, a, for example, a pyramid. No, it was more of a yeah. London bedsit. In real size, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, three London s- Airbnb, three square meters. <laughs> Less valley of the kings, more. I don't know London very well. More valley of deer, yeah, more valley of despair. <laughs> now, all of this, Tom, unsurprisingly, got him a bit of a reputation, and his name even reached the ears of the king himself, George the Third, whose secretary wrote to Jemmy asking him to come to court. To which he got the reply: quote, "My lord, I have received thy letter stating His Majesty's wish to see me." What does his majesty wish to see me for? I'm not related to him, and I don't owe him anything that I know of, so I can't conceive what he wants with me. I suspect thou hast been telling him what queer clothes I wear and such like. Well, thou may tell his majesty that I am very busy just now training an otter to fish, but I'll contrive to come in the course of a month or so, as I should like to see London. <laughs> that's a response to a king, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah. And why would you teach an otter to fish? I would ask an otter to teach me how to fish.
0: Yes. It's very, I it's th- very much Coles to Newcastle, that isn't it?
1: Yeah, that's kind of the otter's speciality.
0: Maybe he taught that in wrestling. Yeah, he's that talking- in headlocks, <laughs> yeah. half yeah. Nelsons. The otter taught him to wrestles. So <laughs>
1: I'm a wrestling otter you
0: see never caught a vision in my life maybe, maybe that's maybe that's why the otter nearly got him maybe the otter just twatted him over the head with a steel chair because he thought he was the undertaker with his giant hat yes there's a mental image the tail from the lake as he turns around and slaps him with his tail pow 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 well that's the cut. crowd go wild that's the cartoon to go with this episode isn't it oh before, yeah god before, before, I... before he tags in a hunting can't pig. before he tags in a hunting pig yeah. So, yes, when Jemmy did eventually show up in London, he made quite the scene. Quote again, he had an entirely new suit made, a new lambskin hat of the old dimensions, still with the uh, the great nine-foot sets and an otter-skin coat lined was with... Sounds like a twat <laughs> I know. I mean, trying to use a urinal next to the guy must have been unpleasant. Well, unless it was raining, and it was an outdoor urinal. Well, he was quite a short man. You'd have to squat down
1: and... <laughs> So good if you'd taken a shit in the urinal. Yeah, well, yeah, in that
0: case. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. I don't suppose you'd mind if I just sort of took a bit of shelter, would you? (laughs) If you are that one person who always seems to have shit in the urinal at a service (laughs) station. (laughs) (laughs) So he also wore striped stockings, carrying rapidly on, and... (laughs) So he also Striped stockings So he also wore Striped stockings And shoes with Giant (laughs) silver buckles On them His carriage was Repainted in the Most lively colours And uh, was also Pulled, Tom At this stage By four donkeys Donkeys, okay Bit Shrek Yes, the striped stockings Are really quite Really quite the picture
1: Very lengthening Lengthen your legs Don't they
0: Absolutely, yes Turned up in uh, Some four inch Kitten heels (laughs) <laughs> and his giant hat. like Public the- schoolboy in lingerie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the Yorkshire stripper. It's like a Yorkshire <laughs> Ripper. But even worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can leave your hat on. Du-du-du-du. Yeah, nine <laughs> foot hats. <laughs> you can't see anything but my ankles.
1: Oh, let me take off my socks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Ankles. (laughs) Unsurprisingly, when he arrived, a courtier laughed at him, Tom, (laughs) to which Jemmy responded by throwing a cup of water over him, since, quote, he was clearly hysterical. (laughs) He described the king to his face as rather plain looking before inviting him back up north for a brandy, (laughs) an invitation which was politely refused. Jemmy eventually died in 1829, mad to the end. In his will, he left £12 to 12 old maids who were ordered to follow his coffin and to two musicians, a fiddler and a piper, who were to play happy songs as they went along. Only two. It's only a game (laughs) show! (laughs) (laughs) Believe I'm right! (laughs) I'm gonna be riding a bull, riding a bull tonight! (laughs) Right. Hey!
1: Following the tradition of any song referenced in a historical. Source. Without lyrics.
0: Without lyrics becomes the big break theme tune, yes. Uh, Unfortunately, only two old maids took up the offer of (laughs) following his coffin, and the priest, who hated bagpipes, did not let the piper play anything but over the hills and far away, and forbade the fiddler from playing anything at all. So the fiddler just followed in silence. (laughs) And finally, Tom, he left his accountant a length of rope with which to hang himself. So there we go, Tom. Jemmy Hurst, animal trainer, hat fanatic, strange philanthropist, a nutcase. In every sense of the word. Is that Jemmy or Jimmy as in James? So he was called James, but he was known as Jemmy. Well, wonderful story. And that does,
1: I'm trying to think of the chap who I talked about in a previous episode. It was Mad...
0: Mm, we're gonna have to look him up it was in the perfidious englishman episode wasn't it where you misunderstood the meaning of the word perfidious and just came out with a with an idiot (laughs) hang on i'm just going to bring up the blog on our website that was geniuspodcast.com go to episode notes where you can find all of the episodes that we've uh, we've done before mad jack mitten
1: Mad Jack Mitten, yeah, Mad Jack Mitten, that was the Which chat. you
0: got from English Eccentrics and Eccentricities by John Timms of 1866. Oh, so it was a slightly different book. It was a there slightly different go. book. Two great books on mad Englishmen. Well done, Sam. Right, uh, it's over to me now. It's over to you, Tom. I'm done.
1: Done. Right, well, I wanted to saturate your senses with some stimulating stats about sifting soil for striking substantial sources. Ooh. I wanted to start by giving you since that starts with a s- no it doesn't no nope. i wanted to give you an idea <laughs> cut that out i wanted nope. to give you an idea <laughs> you tried to That's- be smart back <laughs> backfired i wanted to give you an idea of how many volunteer archaeologists there are in the uk because as i mentioned at the start i'm doing archae- archaeology this week um, and where would I possibly begin on such an exciting quest? Well, yeah, that's right. The State of Archaeological Market Twenty Eighteen Report. Oh, oh,
0: hello. Oh, yeah. This I mean, we stuff talked is- about Stalin and uh, Benito Mussolini being into amateur erotica. I know. Well, this—that's right. This stuff is Fifty Shades to archaeologists. <laughs> yeah, Fifty um, Shades of Clay. Don't, don't, cough. don't cough so I have to edit out your laughter <laughs> Do it again, go on, do it again No <laughs> I'll laugh really hysterically I promise Fifty Shades of Clay <laughs> <laughs>
1: Very good yeah, bastard <laughs> It's even authored this uh, report by a chap called Ken Oh They called him Ken the Spade, and he wielded a spade like a knight wields his sword. Nobody knew how to dig, sort, and collate like Ken. With a flick of a brush, he would reveal priceless artefact after priceless artefact. And here I was, reading his report. Um,
0: That's Ken the Spade. Beautiful film noir. (laughs) Well, do you know that it's a sign of honour and experience amongst archaeologists to have the smallest remaining trowel?
1: (laughs) Is that right?
0: Nobody wants to be Billy Big Trowel at an archaeological dig. Is
1: that a, okay?
0: So yeah, if you, the more, if you more do worn it down it is, the better. Oh, it isn't okay. Okay. No, no, you don't want to buy. You don't buy a small trowel new, although I'm sure you can if you want to be a poser. No, no, no. You you buy a normal sized trowel and over time it very slowly gets blunted down to just a stub. Well, yeah. Well, Ken Spade is just used to use his fingers, all that was left of them. Yeah, Ken's, Ken's
1: a stub. S- s- scrape at the ground with the end of his arm. With a sharpened humorous... With with sharp, sharp sharp well, I'm glad it was the
0: end of his arm rather than with his elbow. <laughs> yeah. It's actually Ken the human spade. <laughs> yeah. He just eats soil. <laughs> there, used to be, there used to be a British rugby player who had a face
1: like a spade. And I remember going to watch England play New Zealand in Dunedin, in New Zealand. And uh, me and my friends were in the crowd um, chanting for spade face. Anyway, good days. <clears throat> good times. or spade face. <laughs> poor, poor, poor spade face With his face <laughs> like a spade I didn't spend long on this document to be honest Sam, I was fearful that I wouldn't be able to sleep after after reading it Much like if I'd downed ten red balls Instead <laughs> I went to the Portable Antiquities Scheme website And started searching for artefacts By rude words And this is what I found <laughs> Oh, good. <laughs> this is where we're going This is my contribution to this episode Good, good, good <laughs> Juvenile is the name of the game, and I started by typing big poo. <laughs> it's a cuddly coin. <laughs> was cock on the board, Miss Ford? It's nice <laughs> to type past. To type past, nice. That's the game I played.
0: Right. <laughs> Before we get on to what I discovered, <laughs> I discovered a cock ring buried deep under the ground. <laughs> From roughly the time that Boudica, time that Boudica was around. <laughs> Dig break. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we call tea.
1: Before we get on to what I discovered, I had better explain to people what the portable Antiquities Scheme is, particularly as we have a lot of listeners from states and Canada, I think, don't we? In a nutshell... If you are metal detecting in the UK or gardening or out and about hiking through recently ploughed fields and you discover an historical artefact, for example, a Roman coin, you should report this to the Portable Antiquities Scheme, although you're not legally obliged to. This organisation is not looking to pinch priceless artefacts off you and sell them to Middle Eastern trillionaires with pet blue tigers. It simply wishes to keep a record of what has been found for the purposes of study and to ensure that significant fines are protected. Sorry, you were going to say something, Sam? I was just going to say... As long as it's a small find, as soon yes, as it's I'm a big on find, to that. <laughs> okay, I won't ruin it. <laughs> I'm coming on to that. For example, you I mean, you can map discoveries of coins, for example, minted in the Danelaw, so the north and east areas of the UK that were ruled by the Vikings, and you can find out lots about the extent of Viking influence, which is why it's important. If you find certain coins, you report them because bigger studies can be done based on all these little bits of information that are uh, recorded. Or there might, for example, be a concentration of finds in a certain area, and this can lead to extensive, more extensive archaeological digs to find out what's going on, why there are all these archaeological um, finds in these couple of fields somewhere in the UK. Hmm. Uh, But yes, as you were alluding to, if you do find something really juicy, like a massive hoard of coins and jewellery, this would in most likelihood constitute a treasure, which according to British law, you are legally obliged to declare and there are restrictions on what can be done with the find, although you are still going to end up being very, very wealthy. You're still better off declaring it. Usually, I think you share it with the, the owner of the land, so the farmer will get half of it, and you'll get half of it. But then I think you're also obliged to sell it for, the, for what it's valued at to museums. Hmm. So that's enough of the sensible stuff. What have I got for you? First word up, colon. Fuck me. 199 records I thought I got oh, for colon. Wow,
0: 199 colons found in a yeah. field.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> that deserves a more extensive archaeological dig. What <laughs> yeah, is going yeah. on here? We've got this field in Cambridgeshire full of colons.
0: <laughs> Something's going on, we need to find out more. If uh, are they all in complete condition, Tom, or are a couple of them merely semicolons?
1: Well, That's a joke that leads me on nicely to why there were 199 records. Bit of an anticlimax, you see. A colon is a symbol, isn't it? So lots of coins have
0: colons on them. Oh, that was an unpopular minted 50p, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) The Queen's colon. The the, the endoscopy commemorative 50p coin.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You can tell who was regent at the time by their colon. This one was (laughs) from the time of George I. A notoriously hairy colon. So I had to get a bit more um, specific, less ambiguous. So I went for rectum, no results, unfortunately. Uh, ass,
0: get out of here. One result. Oh, go on, a complete ass. Found, yeah, no, found no. drunk in a field. <laughs> <laughs> I am a right twat. I've got no <laughs> <Yeah>. friends. <laughs> a complete ass found by his wife <laughs> after three days on the raz in a farmer's field somewhere outside Norwich. <laughs>
1: He was discovered
0: six inches under beside a haystack.
1: <laughs> no, I found a complete post medieval cast lead cloth seal with Ooh. the remains of cloth. Oh, quite a disappointment, though. The inscription says JAS. Okay, need to carry on here. Surely something will come up. Defecate, nothing. Fornicate, get in. Three results. Oh, and we have struck gold here, Sam. <laughs> come on. The first result is a Roman object yet to be classified, found in Nottinghamshire, so um quite a recent find probably, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go straight to reading the description, it's only slightly abbreviated because it does better than I could ever do. Okay. I just imagine a stuffy old bearded archaeologist making note of this in a sort of darkened museum room somewhere. An erotic scene depicted in relief on one side. This involves two naked figures, a young man to the left and another party of indeterminate gender to the right. The young man crouches with knees flexed as he thrusts a long rod with a slightly swollen midpart into the rear of the other figure, who is bent <laughs> over with flexed knee to receive it in the hind quarters. The latter participant may be looking back towards its companion, perhaps contributing to a pointed appearance of the head. One arm, the left, is crooked behind the figure's back, perhaps offering guidance to the intruding object. <laughs> the other, also crooked at the elbow, is held in front. A globular object, perhaps a vessel, and a vertical surface, perhaps a wall offering support, appear immediately in front of the figure to the right. <laughs> That's half of it.
0: <laughs> Amazing. This is usually followed in uh, historical analysis by, it appears that two were friends. (laughs) Very good friends. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Historians and academics are absolutely terrified of declaring anyone was gay.
1: (laughs) Well, I think this is what actually is about to follow, Sam. Let me Uh, me carry on and see if this fits in with your theory. The scene does not appear to represent sexual intercourse per se, as the presumably male figure deploys an implement whose end is visibly beyond the right hand which grasps it. John's, brackets, 1982, page 102, considered that the portrayal of the dildo in classical art was usually in a religious context or one intended to entertain a male audience. The satyricon of Petronius, however, alludes to its anal use in an episode of female-on-male action in which pepper oil and stinging nettles are also employed. Bloody hell. What? Hang on. (sighs) Hang on. (laughs)
0: <laughs> backtrack, tra- back backtrack a little. <laughs> put that in my back pocket. The Satyricon of Petronius. Don't put, um, don't put anything. Don't put any of those things in your back pocket, young man. <laughs> <laughs> don't stick stinging nettles up your back pocket, and indeed, pepper your oil ass. or chilies. <laughs> Entry from behind is a common subject of erotic illustration from
1: the Greek and Roman worlds, usually in a heterosexual context. This scene is of a sexual nature, probably as a consensual coupling of man and woman. Possibly in the context of prostitution, but lacking any connotation of violence. There you go. Ah. Wonderful. The second result, I mentioned there were three. The second result was found in Yorkshire. It's a pipe tamper, and we're going to come across quite a few pipe tampers. Uh, do you know what they are? Uh, you use it to push down your tobacco in your pipe. That's absolutely right. You, you poke and flatten also, apparently, so you
0: flatten the tobacco in the pipe. And... What do we call pipe tobacco, Tom? The cut of pipe tobacco? I don't know. Rough shag, Tom. It's called rough rough shag. Shag. There you go. Rough shag. Depicted in relief.
1: (laughs) (laughs) On this coin from the early medieval period, (laughs) talking of rough shags, quote, standing on the ground beneath the tree canopy, a male and female figure are depicted engaged in an act of fornication. The female's back is pressed against the trunk of the tree with a weight supported on one leg. The other leg is raised around the waist of the male and supported by his right arm. The male figure is shown standing on both feet. The heads of the figures are pressed together in a kiss. There you go. Lovely. Romance. A romantic moment between two people under a tree. It was probably 100 (laughs) to 300 years old and apparently they were deliberately rude so these are not too... Apparently these are not too uncommon as we're going to come on to. There's a few of them. A bit like sort of the soft porn cigarette lighter that your dirty uncle bought in a service station in France. Um, <laughs> yep, gotcha. Ah, um, oh, I know the one you mean. <laughs> yeah, you know exactly what I mean. In fact, the third item from this search term is also a pipe tamper. Um, this time discovered in Wiltshire, depicting the same scene. Okay, next search term. Masturbate. No results. Very disappointing. Oh. Tits. Lots of results. Unfortunately, tit is common on coins with Latin inscriptions because I'm fairly certain about this. But the Titus, <laughs> they were abbreviated, weren't they? Yep. So Titus might become tit. Yeah. So un- unfortunately, that was a disappointment. Vagina, crikey, nine results on this one. Oh, there's there's an unidentified post-medieval coin-shaped object, but clearly not a coin, but it's shaped like a coin, depicting a penis being inserted into a vagina that was found on the Isle of Wight. A White.
0: vagina. Oh.
1: Did, what did I say? A vagina. That's how it's pronounced properly, Sam. Oh, You're just an uh, igno- Yeah. Here we go. Another pipe tamper, this time mechanised, but missing the mail. But it clearly had... It was mechanised, so there would have been a sort of thrusting action coming Ooh. from it. Hold on. <laughs> Next item on the list... Another one from Wokingham, another pipe tamper, and this one is intact, and yes, it's fully mechanised. Boom. Excellent. Uh, more parts of pipe tampers. Here we go, bit, something slightly different. Two more. A Roman phallic amulet, popular with the Roman army, apparently, although only three have been found in the UK, so quite a jump that, from popular in the Roman army to there were three of them that we found. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes. All three of them were very popular with the Roman army, though.
1: Yes, Walls. Romans <laughs> used to build them absolutely everywhere in the north of England. All over <laughs> <Yep>. the place. <laughs> Hold on. How many have we got? Well, we've got the Hadrians and we've got the Antoninus wall. That's two. <laughs> <laughs> quite a jump. And uh, a limestone carving of a cock entering a vagina again. So that's what we've oh, got lovely. for the vagina. Yep, blowjob, nothing. Uh, piss. I found quite a few piss pots. Good. Um, good. Piss. Urine. Lots more piss pots. So uh, lots of people have found piss pots in their garden. Excellent. was my next uh, search term. This is, it's a slightly different attempt. This is a slightly different contribution by me, isn't it, this week? It is, yes.
0: <laughs> I still think it's historical. It's more of, um, more of a list. <laughs> <laughs> what I googled whilst I was bored. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much it. I was bored in class and the teacher left the room. So <laughs> I ran on the
1: part scheme website and I wrote in red Bum. Here's a quote: A cast copper alloy pendant of the medieval period. At the center is a monkey sitting right, one arm bent back with its hand on its bum, the other raised towards its mouth as if it's about to eat something. Ah, what could that be? <laughs> Next search term: turd. Oh, that's a dirty <laughs> segue. Following, following on seamlessly. Uh, metal work described as usually larger at the size and pellet form of a guinea pig turd. That oh. is used to describe some metalworking debris at the size and pellet form of a guinea pig turd. Interesting. <laughs> I typed in fart and I found a seal from Buckinghamshire with a picture of a monkey holding an owl. Quote The position of the monkey's left hand may indicate that it is farting, or perhaps that it has backache. The latter would perhaps <laughs> have been caused by holding the owl. <laughs> Gold. Gold.
0: Um, I've got about three more pages of this Sam. Definitely fart. Uh, definitely a fart. So yes,
1: so <laughs> back well, it'd have to be a big fart, wouldn't it, if it's causing backache. Oh well, well, yes. I mean the person who wrote that sounds as if they're writing from they're writing from experience. <laughs> I've got a terrible slip disc in my lumber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Strap wind sets it off something rotten. <laughs> Talking about something rotten when it comes out cracky,
0: I let it rip so badly. <laughs> Yeah. It literally, it literally
1: <laughs> shattered oh, said, my
0: spinal cord. I said, bye, Jupiter!" And, he, and Jupiter said, "Got out to do with me." <laughs> <laughs> That's bit. That was quite something. I would have been proud of that,
1: said Jupiter. And then I typed vomit. I like this one, Sam. Oh God. A a jeton. Have you heard of a jeton before?
0: No. What's a jeton?
1: A jeton is like a token, a medal, or a poker chip. So it's just like a. It's shaped like a coin. And I think these were used often by accountants. Coins tend to be? No, not it was like um, almost like uh, abacus. Or in games, I think, these, these okay. things were used. Right, right, gentle. right, right. Whoever has recorded this find has described it in great, great detail, Sam. The intricate images on both sides, images with deeper meaning. On one side, a Spanish man holding a goblet, a candlestick. He also has a watch on a chain and a bag of money. He stands on scales. This sounds... Very metaphorical. On the other side, two men. Between the two men is a complicated image, from what I can make out. uh, Something involving a skull and a money bag hanging from a cross. One of the gentlemen is a pair of compasses, a square and a plumb line. The other man uh, holds a book and the
0: lead of a dog. The dog is in the process of vomiting. (laughs) (laughs) So normal, and then... The artist.
1: <laughs> I like that one. Oh, dear. I quite enjoyed that one. And this is my favourite of them all, Sam. So this is the one I'm going to wrap up with. But where would where do you think I would end with this, Sam? Knowing me, knowing you. Aha. Uh, cock. No, wank. Ah. Uh. Finish it off with a good wank. Believe it or not, Sam, I did, did get a result for this, and I think you're going to like it. The following item was found in Lincolnshire. Oh God. Is another. Well, if we know anything about Lincolnshire, Tom. You're in Lincolnshire, aren't you? No, good God, no. No. Fuck no. Sorry. An abbreviated quote, but a fairly lengthy one. Spout from a jug with a central moulded aperture. An applied ring at the end of the spout passes around it, conferring a phallic appearance which may not be fortuitous. Rough areas below it may show where modelled hands formerly gripped the shaft. Peter Armstrong, a leading excavator of sites in Hull and Beverley, which had produced such vessels, indelicately referred to the form as a wanking jug, to describe the juxtaposition <laughs> of hands and spout, which characterised this form. The Potters of Beverley were innovative and skilled craftsmen, and their demise in the mid-14th century is ascribed to the Black Death. Suggested date, medieval, 1200 to 1350. Um, God bless you, Peter Armstrong, <laughs> and your wanking jugs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what does... So, wanking jug refer to the form rather than the purpose?
1: I think so. I think it's called a wanking jug because it looks like like a handprint on a shaft-like object.
0: Excellent. As opposed to a medieval fleshlight.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't think you were, people used to collect jizz for, I don't know, the tanning process or anything like that. <laughs> I'm by, sure they did. By tanning, I don't mean, you know, looking good in your bikini. I mean... Leather treatment. Ooh, although both could help. <laughs> Have you tried to explain that to before to women in bikinis on the beach? Uh, <laughs> you know what? We'll get rid of those bikini
0: lines, young lady. Leather <laughs>
1: <laughs> and
0: wank. <laughs> Forget coconut oil. It's, it's a scam. It's snake oil, is what it is. Speaking of, snake, of snake, speaking oil. of snake oil. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That was like a that was like a British eccentric wrestling an otter wasn't it for that one? That was. <laughs> <laughs> we both went for that punchline. Anyway, yeah, so that's what I did. And um if we have any listeners who work for the Portable Antiquities Scheme and they've been recently looking through the most popular search terms for the last 24 hours. Uh yeah, those searches were performed by me. That's uh, excellence.
0: Yeah. The only searches. <laughs> the <last time>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, dear. I think we
0: both know that all the academics <laughs> are just searching up poo, bum, wank, jeez. Yeah, all in the room together.
1: Yeah.
0: Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear.
1: yeah, It is actually a lifetime, it's, it's a lifetime goal of mine to find, I'm not asking for much, but to find a semi-priceless Anglo-Saxon hoard. Oh, I'll take Roman. I'll probably take a Viking as well, but I just want to find a gold hoard somewhere. That's there's not too much um, to ask, is it? No, and I live in a good part of the country. I do I do, you, you know, do? if I so if I see an upturned tree after a storm, I have a quick poke around underneath it. Good thinking. Yeah, just have a quick nosy. I'm just, you know, I'm just alert to it. I'm just alert to it. And you would not believe I've we've been doing a lot of gardening since we moved into this property. Uh, me and my boys and we have found some some serious
0: treasure in our garden. What have you found, we Tom? Really have. What have you found have other found? than a half buried tractor tire?
1: Uh, two old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And that's just something I'm leaving for future <laughs> owners because I just like to pass things on. What we well, we found just heaps and heaps of pottery. It's all broken, obviously, and uh, so it was some fine china from about 150 years old. Most of this pottery, nice. very nice. Um, my neighbour found a teaspoon. That was quite a quite an, a, an incredible find, and he found like a little World War Two toy plane. Ah, interesting. A little metal toy plane, which he gave, uh, which he gave to us. Oh, I did find an old metal. It looked like a shield boss, right? I'm digging away, thinking, oh, this would be a nice place for my spuds. Hit metal, I think, oh, fuck me, hello. Slut digging around, trying to find out what it is, and I get this big metal dish, and I'm thinking, hello, 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 what's going on here then? Lift that up, and then I find, like, a metal rod, and I'm thinking, fuck me, no way. I've got myself a shield boss and a sword, and probably a buried crusader. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs>
0: Guarding uh, a goblet,
1: but yeah, exactly. Yeah, that gives eternal life, or melts your face. Bit bit of a display your mouth. Yeah, he chose poorly. Uh, but unfortunately, it was just like some random metal shard, possibly an old bird bath, and a bit of a metal rod that was probably the base of one of those uh, washing lines that you poke in
0: the middle of your garden. Oh, uh, that is not as quite as exciting is it.
1: Yeah, not quite as exciting. We're in good land here. We've got a Roman road. Lots of tumuli. Do you know what a tumuli is, Sam? How good's your Latin?
0: I don't. My Latin is not... Or your archaeology map terminology. Uh, My archaeology map terminology, which is my favourite prog rock band, is poor. (laughs) Uh, A tumulus
1: is an Iron Age burial. I have got a strong chance of finding some buried treasure.
0: There you have it. Well, good luck. And when you do, that was genius listeners. will hear about it first. On that note... Let's wrap this up. So we're going to do, for the patrons next week, uh, what did we decide? Dreams. Dreams was the one we were going to do, wasn't it? I had another good one, inspired
1: by um, a certain political figure being a dick this week. Go on. Political aides. Non-elected,
0: highly influential political people. Okay, so kind of right, right-hand right men.
1: Yeah, that sort of thing. You know, the classic one would be Edward II, and um, so classic, I can't remember it. Yeah. You know the one.
0: Okay, uh, let's do dreams next week and then right hand men the week after right i'm trying to find who it was Piers Gaveston. he always had a sore throat oh no
1: upset tummy that upset tummy yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry. he always had ha- terrible heartburn yeah.
1: dreams next week it is
0: dreams next week it is well thank you so much for tuning in hope you've enjoyed this episode if you have you can find us on Twitter that underscore was underscore genius Instagram at that was genius and Facebook that was genius podcast you can also of course find us on that was com. and if you want to hear next week's episode you can uh, subscribe to our Patron, patreon 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 trone Tron, Pat, right on that website uh, that is that was right on say goodbye goodbye and It's goodbye from me